All right, we're doing the Brain Trust podcast live at Gen Con 2023. My name is Adam Vassin. I'm a tabletop game designer in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Attention Gen Con attendees! I'm Willie Opst, a tabletop game designer in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, currently in a state of Indiana. Adam, what's up? Just taking in all the sights, <laughs> sounds, and smells of uh, Gen Con 2023. That's right. We're at everyone's favorite convention. Um, I haven't seen anyone I know yet, which uh, is not typical. You know, there's so many people here. Um, but it seems like uh, I, I, I maybe I just haven't been in the right room at the right time, you know. We, we got in pretty late last night and decided that let's go right back to the hotel. Um, I mean, Gen Con's decision to move out of Indiana and into the Fort Wayne area was was pretty interesting, but I do like this funky neighborhood. Yeah, there's um, little, it's a little less crammed. There's a little bit uh, less people yelling. Um, I do miss some of my late-night haunts, like the... Uh, God Burger damn it, Shack. The place where I get Spanish rice with my General Sal's chicken. Steak and Shake Yard House. <laughs> yard House. That was it. Nemo's. Yeah. Um, that one rancid steak place, it's probably really good that everyone tries to go to. Oh my god, one time I went to a cigar room at Gen Con and it was horrible. <laughs> Let's just clam bake this office building. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, none of that for right. us this year. Uh, oh my god! I don't know any attractions in Fort Wayne. I'm very uh, a fish out of water, so to speak. Yeah, so Fort Wayne, uh, it's in Allen County. Um, it is uh, 28 miles or so, or 18. <laughs> I'm just reading the Wikipedia page at this point. <laughs> but um, yeah, here we are. Uh, there, there is a, a wonderful museum called the Science Central Museum that uh, Adam and I went to earlier today. Just to kind of, it's good to take some time away from the con because we have extremely busy schedules once we're there. Um, we're doing all kinds of panels. Uh, we're hosting a, a layer of True Dungeon as well. Maybe we can talk about that. Um, but it's just nice to be in sunny Fort Wayne. And uh, the interesting thing for me is the kind of like pervasive cosplay that everyone is, is doing this time. I don't think I saw any emails about the kind of white coat, the kind of glasses put together look that you know, everybody's I, going for. I heard for. that they're doing a new season of Pandemic Legacy. Uh, oh. So this must be like a viral kind of guerrilla marketing tactic. You know what? That makes so much sense now that I, I've seen a lot of... For Gen Con, um, the signage is a lot of like microbes and bacteria and things like that. So um, that makes sense that there's a new uh, pandemic season. Probably they got off the COVID slump for that game. <laughs> um, yeah, pandemic Ooh. SEO has never been worse. Yeah, pandemic game. <laughs> no, can't, still can't find it. Pandemic board game. Yeah, I thought maybe um, Concrud was the mascot this year, like a just a dragon made of germs. 
Um, and in a oh way it is, God. but in a very different way, um, it seems like the Dragons have also taken a step back in presence at this year's Gen Con. Yeah, almost. I'm kind of looking for them like I might be looking at Mickey's in Disney World. <laughs> hidden dragons, hidden D20. Hidden dragons. Um, yeah, and so, you know, we are going to uh, hit the convention floor here in a few, and we'll come back live on the floor and let everybody know. Uh, maybe we'll do a little tour. Just a little walkthrough. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. We are live from the convention floor here at Gen Con in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It is unlike anything I've ever seen here at Gen Con. Uh, the smells are a lot different than, than usual. The booths I'm not recognizing. It's a lot more seemingly like game design presentation, which for me as a designer, I love. What, what are you noticing about the floor here? Um, I'm noticing uh, it feels much less... Uh, What's a what's a nice way to what's a what's a nice word for the it feels less um threatening. It feels less oh, that was the nice word that you found. It feels less uh filthy. Uh, um, yeah, no no visible hentai available on the floor. Um just a lot of cleaner. The presentations are a lot cleaner, a lot less uh fonts in use. We're just seeing a lot of open sands. We're seeing a lot of um turquoise and white classic combination that you don't really see a whole lot in game a lot of white i gotta say a lot of negative space um the layout the layout of these of these documents is a lot uh more minimal than expected given recent trends in gaming yeah absolutely and let's let's pop up to a table here that seems to be about precision medicine in genetics um and i you know what's amazing i haven't seen any of these games before um precision that's the like the sharp dice company right i believe so and so they are you know metal rot dice and um you know i'm not actually seeing them here and instead it seems to be a kind of microbiological uh presentation on a projector that i'm looking at and it's a lot more interesting than the usual themings for games it's cool to see uh that stuff's kind of change and like trends being booked and uh outsiders coming in like everybody has a unique perspective and that thing the, those things that are like their shit that they can bring to our you know the guy that made uh, gloomhaven is like a brain surgeon or whatever oh my life. gosh you know that's that's clicking for me because there's a lot of hospital and medical uh, program university sponsorships here at this this year's Gen Con. I wonder if he had something to do with that. He brought in some of his old cronies from the medical field. Yeah, um, here's he said, another I made game. Two million dollars in a week. What are you yeah. doing? Uh, brains ain't paying me that much. Um, they they broke backer kit with the Gloomhaven <laughs> celebration. When you start naming your crowdfunding campaign uh, anything other than my trial through the storm to, <laughs> to make it out the other side, 
<laughs> when you start calling it like the festival or the celebration, <laughs> uh, you've made it. Uh, that's fully making it. Um, I'm excited for a couple of these panels coming up later this year or later this uh, convention. Uh, we have got um, clinical pharmacology, pharmacogenomics, and uh, applications. Uh, that's not really something I'm familiar with, but I think I think it's going to give me a lot of gameable content this year. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for uh, gene splicing. Um, mm. I I don't know gene, but I think that just like as an as a game designer, did a lot of important work that we can. Have must have done something <laughs> probably a forge era designer that that maybe hasn't made anything in the last 10 or 15 years yeah um, yeah that would be why i don't know him but um excited to see his work spliced i think that sort of uh critical examination of games text is really fascinating to me and just the deep dive um yeah and i'm seeing there's a panel on uh biodata and bioinformatics um which i think is you know just Will? yeah <laughs> something just uh something just don't they feel weird I have, I have to make note that um i haven't seen anyone here in a kilt in a in a tactical <laughs> And I'm you know, starting I'm, to wonder if this is maybe not the right Gen Con. I, uh, I'm glad you said that because I'm not seeing any kind of 4x8x4 four by by four board game bags. And instead I'm seeing smart tote bags and smart backpacks. A smart, what's a smart tote bag? Uh, you know, it's just you know all black and maybe says like Johns Hopkins on it or something. <laughs> oh, smart people's tote bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, the lack you know, of tacticilt is really concerning me. Um, and I haven't heard the announcement uh, welcoming God is Gen dead. Con attendees. Announcing that God is dead. The announcement with the horns, <laughs> the seals breaking, uh, <laughs> and the end times beginning. Um, do Did you, on the way in, did you see any kind of uh, Celtic-style elf band playing? Out the outside the doors, you know, no music whatsoever. Um, uh, I've I've walked past a couple booths that have like soothing ocean sounds, but uh, no real musicality to them. Um, can you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm realizing I haven't read your attendee badge yet, um, and I'm looking at it now, and it says Adam Vass. American Society of Human Genetics annual meeting. Now it does r- ring a bell. Um, it does really say that, <laughs> which I'm concerned about. I wonder if there is an Adam Vass who's a doctor. Um, uh, apparently, yeah, at the University of Twenty Twenta. Oh, Belgium. Oh, yeah. There's an Adam Vass in him. Budapest right now. Oh, he's a doctor of law. He's not an MD. There is a Laszlo Adam Vass. <laughs> That's cool. Anyway, uh, this must be somebody else's. <laughs> this has got to be another Adam's badge. God, the image search for Adam Vass doctor is really concerning. <laughs> I got to do it. What are you seeing? Just some 
some guys. But then I am these are guys. I am guys, and then we get to sweet revenge, and then (laughs) pictures of you playing music. Yeah, there's a few random guys, and then there are a couple of me. And then we get an Aether Operations, and then we get Doctor Adam Divorce. (laughs) Down here, he looks like this person does not exist. Dot com. Can you? Can we create a alternate personality? Dr. Adam Divorce for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody, we are at the wrong Gen Con currently. Um, so I think we're going to make the best of our situation. Adam just sent me a picture of Dr. Adam Divorce. <laughs> you know, how could we make you closer to this person? Kind of a very clean shaven, small mouth, normal haircut. We have the same mole on our cheek, which is really concerning. Yeah, I mean Adam Adam V's DVs have the beauty marks. Um I would say that if I was drawing this person, their their just face is higher than normal on other faces. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. If I'm drawing the Loomis head, I'm making some adjustments, which is normal. But while we get our Gen Cons in order, let's splice some jeans, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, let's let's make the best of a bad situation. Talk about you know, want to talk about the, our Barbie Hammer RPGs. Yeah, so uh, an idea we had going into the episode of this podcast where we talk about tabletop game design. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Is <laughs> the Barbie Hammer this sort of like polar? Opposite things that work well together. The you got peanut butter in my chocolate. Um, of games and we did do this maybe two years ago when games jam was taking place um you hosted that wasn't it yes came up with right. games jam um we did this on the podcast where we mixed things mixed games together and came up with stuff we're doing it again but we're going it in the barbie hammer context we're riding that social we're riding the, the buzzwords the waves um we're riding the waves we are not <laughs> This is not a scab action um, against the WGA at Zach Avra. Uh, we're not covering it. We're just talking about games. We're piggybacking. I, I think, if anything, we're, they'd be proud of us. We're piggybacking. Um, yeah, I wonder um, what uh, constitutes like a Barbie RPG and an Oppenheimer RPG. What's kind of what? What's speaking to you about those two? So I think the on its face thing that makes this situation funny i guess air quotes funny um is just the polarity at play yeah of like the com- but qu- similar quality it feels like there's the dark and gritty oppenheimer black and white weirdly like hyper masculine and then you have the the hyper feminine bright pink ultra contrast dream world of barbie girly pop and there are things that shouldn't go together and probably don't go together, but sort of like meme culture, I think, just kind of forced them together. And film people, like people who love movies, um, which we are two of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just the sort of like, I, with Games Jam, we just sort of pulled two things together. I think with this intent, we try to take two things that feel like they shouldn't go together and see where we can find 
some common ground or, or find some sort of like uh, happy space that, that can make, make both of those things work. Yeah. I wonder. So I think one of us should pick the Barbie and the other should pick the Oppenheimer for this, this thing. Cool. Um, I am for the record on the itch.io top physical games chart. Um, I had the tab open and it's still open, so I'm going to kind of use that as my jumping off point. And some of these, like some of these games, I know, and some of them I don't. So, um, and in the past two, we tried to stick to like our own games when we do this. But I think there are certain things. Uh, I mean, a lot of the popular page really that is pervasive enough within our community that people will know what we're talking about if we talk about them. Yeah. Um. So. For the first mashup, did you want to pick a Barbie or an Oppenheimer? I will say I want, there are more Oppenheimers on the itch popular list. For sure. I can pick a Barbie. Um, I am... I'm going to start with my own game here, okay? We'll talk about it later, but Big Grave, Fashion Fantasy, your humble era has come to an end. If you haven't seen Barbie, there is a climactic battle scene which you can play one for one in big grave wow yeah Um, so that is i was watching that in the theater and i was like yeah yeah you could do that yeah fuck yeah (laughs) you could do this so that's that's the first one i'm gonna pick uh and my top pick or my first pick rather is uh fist from claymore um You've had some experience playing and running Fist recently. I've only admired it from afar. Um, Fist is a sort of paranormal adjacent, sort of military adjacent. I don't know. You might be able to give a better pitch, but it's just like yeah. it gives me um, uh, Solid Snake vibes. Um yeah, go ahead. You know Fist better than me. Yeah, totally. Fist is like, uh, just like you said, it's like this paranormal um, espionage game where you play a group of freaks solving situations in like a post-Soviet weirdo world. Um, and it's by uh, Claymore and and the Claymore crew, the Fist crew. It's so good. Um, Fist is going to be like, one of the standout games of this decade, I think, for like its influence on other things. Yeah, I'm calling it. Um, and in terms of like play, it's a more traditional adventure game, dice checks against challenges, right? Yeah, and it uses like a super light, no moves PBTA kind of situation where you are doing PBTA rolls with stats, but the moves are you create them you know, trad style. And uh, Fist is cool for lots of reasons. One is that you have a role, and if you align with your role during the session, so for example, one is like, I have the parasite from Venom in me. And if you let the parasite go wild, you get a special dice bonus that you can use whenever you want. So you're kind of playing into your own character's quirks and working with the team. Um, and most different, I think, from Big Grave um, is that Fist has guns. It has guns. And uh, most different from Fist, Big Grave has colors in it. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a great example of the sort of <laughs> dynamic at play. All right, I have got another Barbie game if you want it. Oh, you don't want to sort of like... Uh, oh, we can switch. We can totally switch. Oh, no, I was thinking that we dig in, like, see what this hybrid is a little oh, bit Oh, yes. Let's what do is it. the... What is uh, it together? The Big Fist. What is Big Fist? So I think that... So in Big Grave, you're playing in a world uh, after death where you no longer have um, anything stopping you from living in your full aesthetic truth. And uh, it's called World 5, and it's created by a group of style uh, icons that are like so powerful in their own aesthetics that they can shape the world. And so I think if you're playing Agents of Fist you are infiltrating some of the rogue icons that are going to make World 6 much worse or stop their designs for World 5. I think with that, too, um, so in Big Grave, your skill set is general, is sort of like derivative of your style, right? Like your, yeah. your fashion and your look. Um, but they're generally accessories and wearables and you sort of swap them out i think to fistify that a little bit um we are like creating weaponry too oh that's very cool like maybe we have like a gun showdown uh and we're both like given the opportunity to build our guns with certain keywords in the way that like uh big grave works with like the sort of rock paper scissors mechanic so we're like using that in a mechanical way to build devices of menacing power yeah and seeing how they are able to inflict damage on one another and the different ways in which they can be wielded and stuff might even be a sort of like planet terror my leg is a machine gun kind of like gonzoness to it like this weapon is so intertwined with you. Um, this is giving me dangerously good ideas for uh, <laughs> other things you could do. A big grave. Yeah, let's move so. on so we don't get stuck here because it is great. It's good, some good shit there. Um, so I'll pick a Barbie and you pick a Oppenheimer. Yeah, let me let me get an Oppie. Okay, I'm ready to rock. Uh, okay, so I feel like mine is a little. All right. For my Barbie pick, I'm picking Tunnel Goons by Nate Treme. Um, obviously, this isn't like the most Barbie, but I think it's lighthearted. Um, its rules are very streamlined, very slick. Um, it's something that you can do what you want with, but you're not, and you're not really confined by its structure. But the structure gives you enough that you can be like inspired and clever and uh, cheeky and fun. Like uh, even the the little adventurers that Nate drew for Tunnel Goons are are fun in the way that yeah. I feel like playing with action figures or dolls it uh, kind of feels like that. So my Barbie pick is Tunnel Goons, and my Oppenheimer pick is Lancer. <clears throat> The super crunch-tacular mecha tabletop role-playing game by Massive Press. Um, It is... The most Oppenheimer game game on itch. 
honestly. <laughs> it's a game that uh, has a website you need to play to, ma- to make it great. That's the kind of game it is. Um, and you play a operator, and you get these different amazing mechs, and then you have tactics fights with these mechs. And um, it is this wave of kind of we're back to 4e style um massive action fights with lots of dynamics in them um and you know you're really just aware of how the steel is moving around in this game so where where's the intersection do you see between tunnel goons and lancer uh i think we're looking at a a tactic goons i think we're looking at so good i think we're looking at taking this streamlined, hyper clean approach of Tunnel Goons, and turning it into a sort of skirmish territory war game. Um, Tunnel Goons has—it's been a long time since I've read it, and I almost want to read it on air because I know it's relatively short, but I also know it's going to distract the shit out of me. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage. But I'm pretty sure it's like you roll your check, and when the amount that you roll higher than your check is the amount of damage that you do. And then if you roll under, it's the amount of damage you incur to yourself. So it's one of those things where it's like you roll one time and you get all this information. And I really like that. Um, I think we take that really streamlined approach and we apply it to what Lancer. I, again, I haven't played Lancer. I know that that was a popular thing in the brain trust for a minute, but my understanding of it is that it's just extremely crunchy. There's probably a lot of math. There's probably a lot of like planning customization. And yeah, I think it's Tunnel like Goons it's about does away with character this. expression in that way. So how do we bring the character and mech tactical expression to Tunnel Goons? And I think that's like having each character concept just have different elements on the sheet than other things so like if we're playing inside the mecha world how do we make it like the chibi versions of gundams if you've ever seen those yeah and i think that's you still have um like dynamics in your mech build um but i think reducing it to just being like oh your rockets are a plus two your shield is a minus one or whatever, like just kind of reducing a lot of the crunch at play. And then I think, I, I you know, I think that um, battle stage is going to be more Lancer driven. Like you play on a grid or whatever. Um, I'm kind of thinking of like level 99's pixel tactics as like a fun mm. kind of tactical board game. That's a little bit streamlined. Um, but then I think you have the phase of, out of combat maybe our characters are looking for like ancient mech pieces this isn't like a world of industry this is a world oh i love that so we have almost like a gurren Lagan yes. um kind of thing and we have That's the, so cool. the tunnel goon aspect then of like adventuring and looking for new mech pieces and like it still retains that adventure game dna and you could like Getting a new mech piece is slapping on a new, like, two-by-two element to your character sheet. Like, you're playing on this very small Tunnel Goonsian character sheet that has blank spaces. And, like, oh, we found the 
the devil core um, to power our mech. So now we can do slides across the ground. And so we add the sliding option or something like that. So we're adding like all these chibi elements in a Lancer style way. Um, that's actually exciting me a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's also, I feel like something that we could Xenify if we wanted Do you know, like I love the sort of freedom that this show gives us where it's like, spitting out ideas and every once in a while you end up with one that is so ingrained in our brains that we like have to publish it um and every once in a while then you end up with this this discord has ghosts in it which is just a evergreen project that somehow we made on a whim at first and has become like a tentpole of our our design history I would love to draw like little mech silhouettes for this too. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Do you want to do this? TM 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 TM. This idea TM. Yeah, this might not be able to come out for a minute just by virtue yeah. of our schedules, but our lives. Maybe this winter we try to do that. Yeah, you're about to go on tour. Oh, I wanted to make like a mech game that was all about using the mech to keep warm. Uh, speaking of winter vibes, maybe that's something in it. But you're about to go on tour. We are recording these in a batch, and you are a notorious um, on-stage designer. Yeah, for better or worse, my brain really you... kind of leaves myself, and I will come off of stage after having performed for like an hour and a half and just have like a full game in there. Um, it's a really weird phenomenon. Like, it makes me feel absolutely insane. I think I think I know what it is. I think it's because you have an alien mind that no one else has. <laughs> I was going to say it's like some flow state shit where like it's it's definitely so like I have been a uh, I just watched a talk that was um kind of how to befriend your subconscious while making art and using everyone has this uh there's no let me start by saying there's no such thing as talent like there's only confidence and so talent is the expression of confidence at a young age where you were able to it was as simple as somebody going like hey you drew that nice job mm-hmm. versus anything else um and i've i've not believed in talent for a long time and it was just nice to see someone say it like that but yeah you are you're able to get in touch with your intuition and your subconscious self, and you're just making artistic choices and trusting in your mind to take you there. And I think that that's, that's a really good state to know that you have in general. It, like, to not speak of, like, using it to make it cool shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's an excellent, like, because I've been the way I am for longer than I can remember. And I think it had to have come from just receiving that encouragement when I'm doing crayon drawings and shit. And like, you know, having my first couple games be things that my friends would want to play and that kind of driving that force of me wanting to make more. Um, And it becomes a cycle of like external and, and internal validation that mm. then you chase and by chasing it you're developing those skills um yeah that's really interesting yeah and i think like you you will be familiar with this whether it's from art or writing or layout 
that sometimes it feels like you can do no wrong and you can just tr- you're not you're not thinking about all of these artistic tenets and ideas you're just doing them because you've internalized yes, them for sure. and it's just just happening and other times you are scraping against the back wall of your brain trying to be like okay wait what does what would be good here what is happening and that these states are less like the weather and more like you can you, maybe it is like the weather and that you can forecast it for yourself you can be like the way i have warmed up or the way i am even like holding my body or breathing right now this gets into like mindfulness stuff but uh that can affect like how easily you can access you know this kind of subconscious intuition yeah i think in the same way too like it's important to note that like a f- weather forecast it can be wrong yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think that's or it where can I get better. I too. yeah, like find dissonance in my process when I think one thing and I'm and I'm not right. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna make. Uh, let me just write this down. We're gonna make our next amazing game, uh, <laughs> Tunnel Goons plus Mex. Great. Um. All right, I have got. Um, a Barbie game for you, maybe for our last one of the ep, because we're doing a couple shorter ones this week. Cool. I think I'm content with uh, the Oppenheimer choice that I have. Okay. I am going to pull uh, one of my faves, and um, it is a game called Troll Babe by Ron Edwards. Have you heard of Troll Babe? I have not. So it is a game out of the forge, um, and you play a hot troll babe, um, and you just play this like hot troll babe doing troll stuff. It's got this like very cool uh, French Art Deco art, um, and you play a large horned female being uh, somewhere between a human and a troll. Every player has a troll babe number that they must roll a d10 uh, for the side uh, that their number is. Um, Over that number, you succeed with magic. And under that number, uh, you get social challenges and things like that. Cool. I'm looking at it Isn't this game cool? (laughs) Yeah, it's just funky. Um, So my... We'll probably go into that further in terms of like how this works and what it is. Um, But my Oppenheimer choice is Slayers by Spencer Campbell. Ooh. Uh, This is an asymmetrical pseudo Victorian monster hunting game. Um, And where everyone has, uh, every class like is playing a different game among one another. Yeah, it's sort of root adjacent in that like yeah we're all playing together but don't ask me for how your character works because i don't fucking know (laughs) um i'm playing my thing and it works it differently at every stage than what you're doing and that's the appeal because like we're doing different things and we have different goals and different means of executing those things um which is the fun part like yeah we're all monster hunters but the way we do it and how and why we do it is all going to be different so um my gut for this combination uh is flipping the slayers formula 
and saying like we're troll babes who are being like hunted and we have to defend ourselves and our culture i'm kind of thinking of like frankenstein's monster of like yeah the town has had enough of you and uh, you're not necessarily like frankenstein's monster is not inherently evil i think that's like the whole point of his story right is that he's persecuted but it wasn't his choice to be like raised from the dead and all this shit so right with the troll babes like they're just troll babes troll babing around um we're out here we're we're in troll babe dream house they have these magical qualities that i think a non-magic society would find threatening i guess um in that sort of frankenstein way so we have these hunters going out the slayer style hunting squad and our goal is to not necessarily even to kill them i think it's to protect ourselves and our society so that might mean escaping it might mean convincing these hunters not to hunt you or to like you know commune in some way um it might involve like trickery of like doing cool magic shit to convince them to go away um but almost like a survivalist borderline tower defense which is a thing that comes up a lot on here yeah um kind of game about monsters being hunted yeah and maybe you check in at each one of those tower locations on a map and then they have different mechanics for how you interact with your troll babes or what they do at this point and so maybe you've got a little bit of like here's the mini game we play at this moment and here's how we can serve it's like kind of a structured story and it's going to hit all these points and we see what happens yeah i dig that it's like a narrative point crawl i think that's a thing we've made it up on the show before yeah right we have these oh like what do we call it set list design where we have these moments that we know are going to happen and we're kind of bridging them together and stitching them together through play but um yeah, I think there's something there. I like the idea, too, that if we bring in some of that Slayer's DNA, that each of our troll babes have different goals and mechanics associated with them, maybe based on their role within the troll babe society. That's sick. I like that. That is definitely a Barbenheimer-style combo, Yeah, for sure. Hardcore... I think that this has been another episode of the Brain Trust Podcast. Tune in next episode for our continued adventures at Gen Con. Um, but in the meanwhile, uh, Adam, where can people find you? Oh, all of my games and sign up for my newsletter uh, are at worldchamp.io. Um, digital stuff at worldchampgameco.itch.io. And I'm on Patreon as worldchampgameco. Uh, just kind of on hold right now as I'm away, but um, am planning a very big drop uh, this October where I will have five brand new games coming out. Uh, prob- Whoa. Probably a mistake. Time will tell. But two of them are done as the time of recording, and uh, I'm really happy with them. And they're all horror-adjacent horror experiences because – that's what I want. That's what I do now. Um, how about Residency you? Residency Inside the Mask yes. continues. 
Um, sick. Yeah, get on that Patreon. Pre-save your seat on Patreon to get close to that front row for the Adam Vass experience. Um, yeah, I'm Will. You can find me at will.com. On social media, I'm there. So we can connect. Um, I want you to go to BigGrave.com and pre-save my Kickstarter for Big Grave Fashion Fantasy, uh, the game about style and aesthetics and fashion where you are an icon in a clique, uh, making friends and doing showdowns with style rivals. Um, it'd mean a lot if you went and pre-saved that. I am so excited for this game. Otherwise, um, Plasmodics is uh, in progress. You can uh, check out my progress on socials which i'll be posting uh wild 3d renders of the garbage i'm making um but otherwise thanks for listening we've got a discord and you should join it is a cool place where cool people hang out and sometimes play street fighter um but it's been another episode of the brain trust podcast brain emoji handshake emoji